with the main chip watch. It is real talk. Main is real talk with your main chip watches. When it comes to information, the main got an arsenal. Bring you up to speed with what you need. He's a local and nationwide news feed. Let's talk about it. Dialect to do something about it. Chip got the flow wide open if you got questions about it. Main is the show that brings you to your raw. To solve all problems, it starts with real talk. real talk. And believe it or not, here we go, here we go. I am back in the air chair on this Monday. Monday, yes, it is me. It is I, your humble host, Chip Washington, back for another edition of a show we like to call Real Talk Memphis. So, so, so happy to be back uh, in the air chair. So happy to be back with Jack and Nicole is here tonight as well. And, uh, man, I'm... uh, so I've been off a little bit, had a little time off, a little downtime. I didn't do much. Well, we'll talk a little bit about, about that later on. But uh, feeling good, very happy to be back with you all. And I uh, see some folks already chiming in on Facebook Live. Uh, I'm, just, uh, I'm just thrilled to, to, to be back here. I told people, I said, I really miss my theme song. It's the best theme song in the country. So I had to come back just so I could hear it. And, okay, hang out with you all, too, for the next hour. We have a, a pretty good show for you tonight. And we're going to talk uh, about a few things. And a little later on in the broadcast, we're going to talk about uh, my journey or our journey, because my wife is listening as well. And she had a little bit to do with all of this journey that I've been on for the last few weeks. But uh, feeling pretty good. Glad to be back. Santa Chip is in the house and ready to roll. So as we always do, I didn't forget. It's been a few weeks, but I didn't forget. So you're wondering, because no one reminded you how to get this fine piece of radio broadcasting. Well, I'm back, and I'm ready to, to do that. First, of course, you're listening to us on 91.7 WYXR on the FM side. You can also catch us uh, on the website, which is WYXR.org, uh, the TuneIn app. Uh, put in the station call letters, WYXR, in the search, hit play and you'll hear me and we are uh, on Facebook live and uh, we are a podcast and as a podcast uh, you'll be able to hear us on podcast platforms all over the country when they post the show tomorrow uh, as I said earlier really happy to, to, to be back uh, feeling pretty good and I'm gonna do a precursor thank you to all of you who reached out uh, you know to me and uh, via social media to us uh, you know, as well, just, just, just so many folks, really, so, so many folks, um, overwhelming response uh, to all of this. It is nice to know that folks care about you uh, when you're down, uh, but we're back on our feet and everything is uh, heading in the right direction. Again, more on that a bit later on in the broadcast, but, but heartfelt thanks, true, true heartfelt thanks, you know, to all of you, and you know who you are. Uh, you know, you may have saw a couple of stories here and there, you know, newspaper stories, television news story, and things like that. But we'll talk more about donations and things like that later. But as we always like to do on this show, you know, you all uh, who have been fortunate enough to make another trip around the sun, uh, we do this little thing we like to do to celebrate you each and every Monday. So, uh, but, you know, as always, we can't do that until I say, hit it, Jack. Yes, yes. Oh, man. Look at all you folks out here. LaWanda, Braxton Talley is watching. Audrey Hill is watching. Uh, cousin, uh, cousin, Liddell is watching. And uh, Lakeisha, and I don't know who else is down there. But anyway, uh, let's get on to the birthdays. Uh, happy birthday is going out to Eric Harris-Jones. Happy birthday, Crystal Blair, Valicia Williams, 
Brian Nesbitt, Mike Cornell, Clyde Eric Brown, happy birthday to you. Shannon Elizabeth Davis, happy birthday. Don Higgins, uh, the columnist Jackson Baker is his birthday as well. Recently, I think yesterday, yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, celebrating a birthday. Tiffany Boyce, I know Tiffany. We hung out together over at MLGW. Tomorrow's birthdays include Mr. Ken Job, Miss Janet Chestnut, and Michael Clark. Also, Harold Collins. So happy birthday to each and every one. Congratulations for making that another rotation around the sun, as they like to say. And I'm glad to have you with us. And we look forward to celebrating your special day again next year. Thank you, Jack. Man, I tell you. There's been some news going on uh, in the last few weeks, uh, a little bit too much to encapsulate. But I will tell you this, um, right before I got out of the car and came in here, uh, I did hear that Omicron uh, is now the dominant variant in the United States. It, it seemed like it just got here. I mean, literally, but it is now the dominant uh, variant in this country. And, of course, you know, many of you who... Uh, still don't really want to talk about COVID or hear about COVID. Uh, it is still a part of our lives. It's the holiday season. A lot of folks are out. Kids are out of school. Folks probably starting today are off until the new year and uh, won't be back until January. And uh, many of the pundits are saying that uh, it could be an interesting time uh, next month. We will see about all of that. Uh, of course, you've seen now Sports uh, uh, sports uh, events are starting to become uh, canceled. Uh, football games have been postponed and moved. There were over 150 players in the NFL who tested positive for COVID in one week. Um, of course, they had a rescheduled game that's on right now. There's another game that's been rescheduled to tomorrow. Basketball games, both college and pro, uh, have been uh, canceled or postponed. The University of Memphis was supposed to play on Saturday at uh, Knoxville, UT. Uh, that game was canceled at the last minute because of COVID concerns. They have also canceled their game tomorrow here. Um, I think it's against South Alabama, if I'm not mistaken, uh, because players are sick with COVID. Now, here's the debate. Here's where it all here's where it all rolls out on the table. You know, a lot of us are vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. Many of you I know are vaccinated, have two and even three shots. I've had a booster as well. Uh, but now they're, they're the, uh, the, the, the national folks are saying everybody needs to get a booster. Everybody needs to get a booster. Uh, if you are vaccinated and you do get COVID, apparently uh, it is pretty resistant to uh, the Omicron uh, variant. Uh, you could still get sick, but your symptoms will be minor in scope versus those of you who are unvaccinated. Uh, who get it, your symptoms will be a lot greater and you may wind up in the hospital and you may not wind up leaving the hospital. So, you know, again, there's that debate. And somebody asked me earlier today, where are we going with all this, Chip? And I said, I really don't know, um, but it's almost like a rolling, it's like a rolling scale from week to week. But what it boils down to is it is your choice, it is your right, it is your responsibility either get a COVID shot and, 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 and you know, deal with what we have to deal with on a day, daily basis or not and deal with what you might have to deal with on a daily basis. Clearly and totally up to you. Um, also, um, many of you probably you know, were aware they had the homegoing, homegoing ceremony for Young Dolph uh, over the weekend um, at the uh, FedEx Forum. It was packed, of course. Um, he had a street named after him over at Airways and Dunn. Uh, as as well as a, you know salute and tributes uh, pouring in uh, for him uh, as as well, uh, the violence uh, doesn't seem to stop in this city. Uh, we are still seeing you know record deaths and record homicides, and we'll set another record before the end of the year. That's not something that we are proud of. We are undermanned as a police force, some 1,900 when we really need about 23, 2,400. So way down in that department as well. We're going to talk to. My first guest in just a few minutes uh, about uh, his efforts to try to connect with the streets and the individuals in the streets and have conversations with these young folks about what's on their mind, um, you know, what, what they're dealing with and, and things like that. Uh, and uh, so I look forward to uh, chatting with him in just a, a few minutes. Speaking of that, uh, my guests uh, do include tonight the Reverend Dr. Walter Romack. He's my first guest. He is uh, the senior pastor of Faithful Baptist Church and also... Uh, the president of the local 
Southern Christian Leadership Conference, or SCLC. Uh, he's going to talk about uh, his efforts to go out uh, into the streets, take the pulpit into the streets, and talk to these young folks about what's on their mind and uh, challenge other folks to do the same. Also, a little bit later on in the broadcast, we are going to speak with the newly elected president of the 100 Black Men Organization. His name is Nate Ali, and of course, uh, it is uh, one of the premier, uh, uh, you know, mentoring programs here in the city. We're going to find out uh, kind of what they're doing uh, to help uh, those less fortunate, as they always do uh, in, in, during this holiday season, and also what his agenda is for 2022. And uh, in the second half hour of the show, and I hope you stick around, uh, of course, uh, I, I, you all do know that, or some of you know, maybe a few of you know that, uh, uh, I donated a kidney um, last year, some right before uh, Thanksgiving, basically uh, so that my wife could get a kidney. And we are going to talk to Dr. James Eason. Dr. Eason is the director and uh, namesake uh, of the Eason Transplant Institute at uh, Methodist University Hospital. He's going to talk to us about about all of that and pair kidney donations and just organ donations, period. So we're going to have a good show on tap for you uh, as well. Now, uh, starting today, uh, there are folks who are interested in running for elective office. Uh, today is the day that candidates in Shelby County uh, can uh, qualify for the primary, which is in May 3rd of next year file your qualifying petition so you'll probably see more and more names starting to fill out these uh, vacant seats and you got the county commission all those seats are up for grab of course you got county mayor seat you have the district attorney seat uh, you have the sheriff's race and uh, I mean there's, there there's there will be a lot of folks running for a lot of offices between now and then so that that that, that bear is watching you know as well uh, I did talk a little bit about uh, all of the uh, COVID uh, situations in terms of the cancellations and uh, locally case numbers here in Shelby County have doubled. So I'm sure the health department folks are uh, paying very close attention to that and making some determinations as to what they may or may not do. Did you know that Christmas is Saturday? It's actually five days away. Christmas, Christmas. That's why, you know, I have my Santa hat on. So, you know, if any of you feel generous enough to want to give Santa Chip, you know, a present this year, you know, you know how to find me. It's, it's, it's not hard to find me. And, but anyway, yeah, you only have a few more days of shopping between now and Saturday. And the Beale Street uh, Music Festival acts were named today. And uh, they are, um, there's a few of them. This is apparently the first list. Uh, of folks, uh, which includes the Foo Fighters, Three Six Mafia, Lil Wayne, the Smashing Pumpkins, the Baby, Moneybag Yo, and Lindsey Buckingham, just to name a few. Lindsey Buckingham was formerly of uh, Fleetwood Mac. So uh, we're gonna take a, we're gonna stop here with all the news and notes, and we're gonna take our first break. And I gotta see Joe Birch is watching. Thank you, Joe. I love Joe Birch. Sarah is uh, checking us out tonight. Randy P. Leslie is watching. Galen Sparkle Brown. Hi, Galen. How you doing? Uh, I'm glad to see you. Constance uh, Fields checking us out tonight as well. And I'm sure that there are more folks that I, I can't see right now besides the ones I named a few minutes ago. Let me see. Okay, I got all those folks. And if uh, anyone else is uh, checking us out tonight, we're going to try to see if we can't, you know, shout you out as well. Really appreciate you. Hi, Constance. Glad to see you. Hey, we are back. This is Real Talk Memphis on this Monday, the 20th of December. I am your humble host, Chip Washington, and I'm so very happy to be back with you all on this night and back in this chair. We're going to take our first break. We'll be back right after this. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Rust College is now accepting applications for the fall 2022 semester. For more information, visit rustcollege.edu or contact admissions at 662-252-8000, extension 4043. Rust College, where tomorrow's leaders are students today. 
The stuff that WYXR brings to the airwaves is already playing in the parking lots and basements where the next generation's journey is just getting started. And we can't imagine building the brands we do without the role music played in our lives. No matter what kind of art you make, music is what sets you on your path. Loaded for Bear is proud to support WYXR and community radio everywhere. The Brooks is open in Overton Park, home to Memphis Art Collection since 1916. The Memphis Brooks Museum of Art holds the largest collection of world art in the region, with more than 10,000 works spanning 5,000 years of art and cultures. Remember, every Wednesday is free and open until 8 p.m. They are a proud sponsor of WYXR. For more information about the museum and their exhibitions, visit brooksmuseum.org. You belong at the Brooks. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday, December 20th. Very happy to be back with you in the air chair on this evening. And I'm very happy to have my first guest with the with me tonight. Uh, saw him on the news a uh, few weeks back. Uh, you know, we are all uh, very aware and very concerned about the uh, escalating violence that we see uh, on our streets on a daily basis. It's not a, it's not a secret. It's nothing in the cloud. I mean, it's very out in the open. Uh, We are losing folks left and right and right and left. And there really does not seem to be uh, much concern as to whether it's a male or female or a child. Well, uh, Reverend Dr. Walter Womack, who is the pastor of Faithful Baptist Church and the president of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference here uh, in Memphis, uh, is my first guest. And first of all, Dr. Womack or Reverend Womack, thank you so much for being on Real Talk tonight. Thanks. glad, Glad to have you. Thank you for having me. So, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, saw you on the news, and you actually made the decision, conscious decision, to go out into these streets and uh, meet these youngsters, uh, you know, where they live. Um, you know, we've all been struggling, and there's always conversations every week about uh, when someone else dies, what do we do? What can we do? What is the solution to the problem? You know, how do we handle the issue? Well, you have taken your church uh, to the streets and I wanted you to basically tell us kind of what you found out, first of all, why you decided uh, to take uh, that effort on and what you learned from the, the young people that you talked to out there. First of all, the main reason that I uh, decided to take this issue on because uh, God called me to do this after much prayer. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I sit back on a daily uh, basis and see uh, the onslaught of crime and individuals losing their lives and uh, and how devastating it was in, uh, to our communities and in our city. Uh, God gave me uh, what I call the Love Crusade Initiative mm-hmm. for fighting crime in our communities. Uh, joining me with this uh, initiative, uh, joining the Southern Christian Leadership Conference is the Memphis Baptist Ministerial Alliance, where I am the chairman of crime intervention Okay. Uh, it, it, within our association, mm-hmm. which is uh, it's 450 churches, uh, pastors, uh, and they are, <clears throat> and I brought the concern to the president uh, that we, we need to get out and uh, do more in our city, in our community, from, as it uh, relates to crime. Uh, one of the issues are, uh, that I felt was so important that I think that the church needs to be more viable and more visible within our communities. Not saying that we are not, but I think there's more that we can do when we see how much crime is, uh, is, is in our city, in our communities, in our neighborhoods. So the Love Crusade Initiative uh, for Fighting Crime, we believe and know that uh, love never fails. Uh, uh, there's uh there was a song out uh years ago a blues song said there's there's no love in the heart of the city right but i think difference but there is some love we just need more of it 
uh, because when love will replace hate, and we know uh, when a person loves someone, he won't he won't uh, commit a murder or kill them or do any violent acts when there's true love there. And so, if we can get uh, if we can exemplify love, and then if we can if this if we can spread the gospel of love to these individuals, to these young people, uh, young persons, mm-hmm. uh, then I believe that we can bring about a change in their hearts and mind and that change the way that they think uh, and they uh, and the way they react. I think that we can have a positive uh, outcome and a positive out- outlook uh, as far as it relates to crime in our city. So I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, um, 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 Reverend Womack. I just wanted to, to. I just wanted to. First of all, let people know if you're just tuning in. Uh, thank you for doing that. And secondly, we are speaking with uh, Reverend Dr. Walter Womack. He is the president of the local Southern Christian Leadership um, um, chapter and the pastor of Faithful Baptist Church. And he was talking about his uh, his love crusade, basically to go out in the streets and talk to the young people. You know where they are. And I and I guess you know before we before we get too far into this, uh, Reverend Womack, when you did have conversations with some of these young folks, uh, first of all, how was it received? And secondly, what message did you get from them? What did you hear when you went out on your listening tour? Uh, as we engaged uh, uh, some of these young people that were out in the park that day, uh, you know, we was in Southside Park and we went and visited some of the community grocery stores, corner stores. And the most interesting thing to me was young persons who were talking about uh, they need more uh, 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 people to, to to listen to them, to have an empathy mm-hmm. uh, and to uh, uh, be more visible. And, and they needed more things to do in the community. Mm-hmm. And I asked one of them, I said, what do you think uh, uh, that we as pastors and leaders could do uh, uh, towards uh, the community as it relates to you young people. Uh, and they and, and his response was to be more visible, to listen to them, to try to understand their plight uh, and understand what uh, the pressure, pure pressure that they was up against as far as, 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 as poverty in their communities. And, and just having a listening ear to try to see uh, uh, to see their mindset and find out where they are. And then when you find out where a person are and where a person thinks, then you can really, if you listen to them, then you can engage them and help them. And so I think that's one of the most important things that we must have a listening ear. Uh, we must uh, come up with solutions to see, meet these young people right where they are. Because see, you you really can't understand a person unless you walk in their shoes. There you go. You walk. There you go. And so that's one of the things that uh, uh, that I found out as we was out in the street. You and know, really, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, finish your thought. Go ahead, finish your thought. I said they were, uh, and the young people was real receptive uh, yeah. uh, of, our, of us being there. Yeah. So you know, one of the things that you mentioned is something that we have we hear over and over and over again, which is there is not enough activity out here for young people there isn't enough for them to do particularly when school is out they just you know other than to, to wander the streets hang out on the street corners and do things like that that has always seemed to have been a big big issue but one of the things you also mentioned was really meeting them where they are listening to them showing compassion and showing love one of my one of my listeners here on facebook live said that uh, she's been talking about um you know really you know going out to where they live and really not having and, you know, showing them the compassion and the love. Because I think a lot of these young people do need somebody uh, to, right. to maybe wrap their arms around them and tell them they're not bad and tell them that they can do good. Is that, am I, am I, am I on the right track with that? Absolutely. I remember when I was a youngster, when I was a young uh, uh, teenager and a young boy coming up of the older guys in the neighborhood, they would take us to the basketball court. They would, would would take us to pitch horseshoes. They would keep us on the right track. They 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 showed that they cared about us, and I and and they instilled this care. And I seen the care, and and the compassion that they really uh, cared about me. They uh, they would they would uh, uh, be big brothers to us. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think we're missing that today mm-hmm. uh, within the communities. Uh, these young men need uh, more of us leaders and 
big brothers and pastors to be engage them and, and, and meet them where they are mm-hmm. and, and talk to them and, and guide them and mentor them. And so uh, right now, uh, SCLC is, uh, is joining forces with the other pastors and that we're going to be uh, uh, engaging them and asking for, okay, let's, let's, let's come up with, with basketball courts. Let's come up with uh, things for our young people to do, mm-hmm. uh, to give them something to do. We know that our idol uh, mind is the devil playground, so we must right. uh, we must uh, be uh, viable, visible, and then we'll be victorious uh, in this fight against crime within our community. You know, that's something that uh, that we don't uh, really hear as much as we need to hear. And, and uh, for those of you just joining us, we are speaking with the Reverend Dr. Walter Romack, uh, president of the local SCLC a chapter uh, Southern Christian Leadership Conference. He's also the pastor of Faithful Baptist Church, and he is basically leading a crusade of uh, of, of 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 other uh, pastors, ministers, religious groups, and organizations. Uh, I learned a long time ago, uh, Reverend Ormack, uh, that uh, the church is much greater than the four walls of the building that it resides in, and it seems Absolutely. like you understand that as well. Absolutely, uh, Jesus. Uh, commanded us to go out. He said, go out into the hedges and the byways and compel them to come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came to seeking to save those that were lost. Matthew 5 and 16 says, but let your light so shine before men. What light was Matthew talking about? He was talking about the light, the love of God. That's right. And when, when people can see the love of God and we exemplify it, and, and then we, we spread the gospel of love to the, our, our young persons, our and the young men and women, and 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 try to, to draw them in. Then this love will change their heart and give them a total outlook on on life. Uh, and they won't want to live a, a life of violence and crime. But then we must also look at some of the root causes of of crime. We know that poverty is running rapid in our communities, mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, inner city communities. Mm-hmm. And we know poverty has a direct correlation to crime. And so we must get out. We must we must we must attack that. Uh, that agenda, poverty, uh, we must educate our young people. And so uh, there's much work to do. And, and, and so uh, when you look at the blight in our community, that, that, that uh, sends a signal to our young people that nobody cares. Mm-hmm. When, we, when we look at those issues, when we, our young people got to get up and they got to ride through their neighborhoods and they're blighting and crime and uh, there's no sense of... Uh, of, of, of caring in our community. Yeah. So that must change. Yeah. And, and we as leaders in the church, uh, the church has, uh, uh, we must get out and the church has power. And, and so I know there's a lot of churches that are doing great work. I'm not saying that I'm the only church that there are no other churches that are doing a great work, but uh, I'm talking about what Faithful Baptists at SCLC and others have joined forces. Uh, and our goal, yes, our initiative is to bring about a change in our communities and city as far as it relates to crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so uh, we must be vigilant. Uh, we must uh, not give up. Uh, we must not give up on our young people because there are some good young people that uh, that need somebody to reach out to them and say, "Look, brother, uh, you can. You this is the way you go. You can. You can be anything you want to be. Absolutely. You don't have to take this uh, this route. A- absolutely." Reverend Dr. Walter Womack, uh, I thank you for being uh, the man of God that you are and someone who is clearly concerned about um, all elements of our city, not just uh, not just a specific uh, area and location. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your schedule to come on our show tonight and talk to us about uh, how important it is to extend ourselves outside ourselves for the betterment of others. I really appreciate you, and uh, I want to have you back on the show in the future if that's okay. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Chip. Thank you. I really, I wanna, go ahead. And I want to. And I, I read the articles about uh, your, your. I mean, your compassion and man, you you are you are a hero. And uh, I just want you to know that, man. Thank and, you, man. Uh, Thank you. Thank God bless you, man. I, I appreciate hearing that. Right. <laughs> Reverend Reverend Doctor Walter. You need Walter. more brothers like you to get out. Ah, uh, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I take that challenge. I absolutely do. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Dr. Walter Womack. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you.
Well, that was a, a great way to start the show. And, uh, of course, you know, he's absolutely right uh, about the fact that, uh, you know, we need to do less talking and more walking. And we need to get out here and, and, and talk and preach. And that's why I have great men uh, like him on this broadcast, hopefully to be able to, to hear and touch someone's uh, heart and spirit. Uh, because it, t- it takes all of us. It's not just it's not just what he's doing and his organization is doing. It takes all of us because the problem is not uh, just inherent to us in particular. It's, it's, it's everybody's problem. Our problem is everybody's problem, especially our young people. Thank you so much for that conversation. We're going to take our second break. And when we come back, uh, I don't see him up there, but hopefully uh, we will have our next guest, uh, who is Nate Ollie. Nate is the president uh, the newly elected president of the uh, 100 Black Men uh, Organization of Memphis. And we're going to talk to him about uh, their agenda moving forward into 2022 and some of the things that are on his mind. Thank you all for being with us tonight. I see uh, there were some more folks here. I see Linda P. Scott Hardaway is on. And I did see uh, a couple of other folks uh, chimed in there. Diane Towns is on as well. Thank you for your comments, Diane, as well. Uh, really appreciate this. Welcome back. It's very, very nice to have uh, you all with me. And it's always nice to be back on this fine radio station. And speaking of that, thank the folks out there. Thank the folks out there, um, the leadership here, uh, Robbie Grant and uh, JB and Shelby for their kindness and, and their understanding in this situation. And, and uh, we'll talk more about the transplant and everything else that goes along with that. I have a lot of thanks to give out by the uh, end of this broadcast. But this is Real Talk Memphis. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. Take another break. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. The Dillard family of companies, including Dillard Door and Security, Tri-State Glass, and Trace Electric, are proud sponsors of WYXR. For the past 75 years, the Dillard companies have provided products that secure Memphis. From installing the iconic gates at Graceland to the Memphis Tigers Liberty Bowl locker room, Dillard protects what matters to Memphians like you. For more information, visit DillardDoor.com. The stuff that WYXR brings to the airwaves is already playing in the parking lots and basements where the next generation's journey is just getting started. And we can't imagine building the brands we do without the role music played in our lives. No matter what kind of art you make, music is what sets you on your path. Loaded for Bear is proud to support WYXR and community radio everywhere. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis. Hello, Cassandra Corbin-Blake. I see you watching. Bishop Bob Midget, thank you for checking us out as well tonight. And all of the rest of the folks, uh, if, I didn't, if I didn't say your name, you know, hey, you know, charge it in my head, not my heart, because my heart is full on this evening. And I am uh, happy to be back in the air chair, and I'm really happy to have my next guest uh, on, because this organization is one that we are all very aware of for the fine work they do. Uh, in and throughout our community. Uh, and uh, as we uh, end this year and get into another year, uh, we have a newly elected president, and his name is Nate Ali. He is the newly, as I said, uh, pr- new president of the 100 Black Men Organization of Memphis. And Nate, very happy to have you on the show. Welcome to Real Talk. 
Chip, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Absolutely that, man. So listen, congratulations on, on uh, being elected, the, the newly elected president of the organization, along with uh, some of your newly elected fellow officers. Um, and, uh, you know, we were talking, you know, basically for, for those uh, who aren't really familiar with what the 100 Black Men organization does, I am, but there are some who may not be. Tell them really what the what the what the what the goal of the organization is, what the what the what the mission of uh, the Hundred Black Men organization is. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the One Hundred Black Men of America actually was uh, it was founded on the basis of mentorship. So we are a mentorship organization to its core. Mm-hmm. Um, now we have expanded our our vision um, as an organization over the years. However, mentorship is still the core of what we do. Um, but there are four major initiatives or areas of impact that um, that that we seek to to um, to deliver into the community mm-hmm. as, as an organization, and those are mentoring, obviously number one, uh, but education, economic empowerment, and health and wellness as well. So those are our focal points, um, and and that's what um, those are the areas that we're looking to drive impact in the Memphis community. Well, that is a pretty healthy agenda. And, of course, uh, you know, you all have done extraordinarily uh, work, especially with our young people. So as the newly elected president, um, as we are ending one year and entering into another year, I'm sure that you have thought long and hard about the agenda uh, uh, of the organization, your agenda, and some of the things that you want to do as we head into 2022. Would you please share some of those with our audience? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so first and foremost, um, we have, our, as a local chapter in Memphis, we have grown a lot over the last couple of years. Yes. We've seen a tremendous amount of growth, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to continue to, to, to I want to focus on to continue growing, uh, to bring more members in, um, to honestly drive the average age of, of membership down a little bit, mm-hmm. um, get, some, get some younger brothers that are, looking to really get their hands dirty and, and get involved with the organization and get involved with the community. So growing is still high on, on our list of things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but also making sure that every brother is engaged as well to the level that they want to be right. Um, there is a lot of work to do, especially in Memphis, as, as, as we both know, uh, Memphis is at the top of a very uh, undesirable list right yes. now, yes. being the most dangerous city to, to live in in the country. So um, there's no shortage of work to be done. So we need hands on deck. We need more boots on the ground. Um, there's strength in numbers. And when everyone's moving as a unit, then you can do some real, um, some real good work in the community. So those are, that's, that's definitely something that is very, very important to us moving forward over the next couple of years. Um, and also uh, we have a number of partnerships mm-hmm. that we're excited about. Um, the biggest one I can say that we're most excited about is the Collegiate 100 chapter that we've just gotten established at Lamar Orient College. Talk about that, if uh, you will. Talk about that. Yeah. yeah, I heard about that program, yeah. Yeah, so the Collegiate 100 is really, um, it's a it's a collegiate group supported by the 100 Black Men of America. Mm-hmm. Um, and the objective is to develop and 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 nurture these young men and women because the Collegiate 100 is actually a co-ed organization, um, mentoring and developing these young men and women so that they can be uh, valuable contributors to society. So um, on, on a local level in our chapter, we're definitely going to focus on uh, the students that Lamorne on and, and helping develop their soft skills, mm-hmm. you know, their presentation skills, mm-hmm. their speaking skills, mm-hmm. um, teaching them how to network, things that they, things that are transferable throughout their professional and personal lives and exposing them to, to different scholarship opportunities, internship opportunities and ultimately job opportunities is, is what we're aiming to do with the uh, with the collegiate 100 so very very excited we've got a lot of students that are kicking off and chartering the chapter so we're very excited about that and um and uh and and a lot of brothers willing to help and and, and pour into the students at Lamorne on as well Speaking with Nate Ali, he is the newly elected president of the 100 Black Men of Memphis uh, uh, organization. And, you know, parroting on what you just uh, talked about, uh, that that to me is extraordinarily exciting. I mean, because these young people uh, really need guidance and uh, uh, to be prepared 
to take over to be the next leaders. I mean, we, I mean we're all, none of us are going to be here forever. And we always right. have to groom the next generation. You're a young man yourself, but to, but to, but to have these young folks in college, you know, who may, many of them may be deciding or trying to figure out what path they want to take or where they want to go. Uh, they, they're going to be our future leaders, uh, you know, in, in, in around our city and county. So uh, this really is a very extraordinarily important uh, component, uh, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And the slogan for the 100 Black Men of America is, is what they see is what they'll be. Um, so it, it, you hit the nail on the head right there, Chip. Um, you know, we want to be present in these students' lives. We want them to see um, and be exposed to the, the outlets that are out there, the things that can get them out of the streets mm -hmm. and can shift their mind and, and, and their mindset and just um, and deliver them from the, the results that we've always seen. Uh, coming out of Memphis, so uh, that you you hit the nail on the head, and and that's what we that's what we're striving to do. Man, I you know I when I when I listen to you talk, and and when I listen uh, you know to 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 what the mission of the organization is, you know I think I I think it's in good hands. I mean you know you, you all have done such amazing work, uh, you know for so many years, and to be a part of an organization uh, that speaks to the highest level of integrity and basically you, you guys are really following almost the same theme of my, my first guest uh, you know Reverend Womack was talking about you know it's, it's it's not about you know being inside the building it's about being out on the streets uh, in the schools on the campuses making a difference and showing young people um, right. what 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 uh, you know a professional organization is and the individuals that you have inside your organization so there is a, a, a major role to play, you know, as a group and as an organization. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, there's, there's no shortage mm -hmm. of, of, of work to be done in, in that regard, especially in a, in a city like Memphis. Yeah. Um, there, there's no shortage of, 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 of youth that needs to be, that needs to be touched. They need, they need attention. They need, um, they need people to pour into them and show, like you said, show them that there's another way, you know, show them what the possibilities are. And we've got brothers in our chapter that, you know, all across the spectrum in terms of what they do for a living and the things that they've accomplished. Exactly. So it's just allowing them to see just a multitude of different brothers and, 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 and having them come in and speak to them and not just lecture to them, but get a dialogue going, make a connection with these, with these students and, uh, and, and, and really, just, just pour into them. I can't say that enough because that's really what they need right now. Absolutely, they do. Nate Ali, thank you so much. The new president of the 100 Black Men of Memphis organization, thank you for what you do. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for your compassion and your commitment to the city and making us a, a, a better place. I'd like to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a happy holidays and happy new year. And uh, hopefully you'll come back in 2022 and uh, tell us uh, about uh, where things stand uh, with the 100 uh, as we move forward. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Chip. And before I go, if I could just say one thing. Sure. Um, the 100 normally has a holiday event, an annual holiday event. Yes. yes. And we are, we are not having one in 2021, but in lieu of a holiday party, we are partnering with Knowledge Quest, okay. and we are gifting 20 bikes to elementary students who, and and those elementary students who receive a bike will also participate in a bike safety training course okay. called by Memphis High Trailers. Okay. And this event will be held Thursday uh, at Gaston Community Center from one to three. So I did want to put that out there um, because like I said, we're not having a holiday party, but yes. we're still getting back to the community um, this week. So. Uh, kids can get some bikes man that's wonderful wonderful god bless you for doing that and thank you for for for, for mentioning that as well uh hopefully if uh, anybody who missed this show uh, catches it a little bit later they will hear the information again but thank you uh nate for coming on the show i really appreciate you man happy holidays to you happy holidays to you too chip thanks for having me thank you absolutely nate uh, Ali, ladies and gentlemen, president of the uh, 100 Black Men Association uh, here in Memphis, Tennessee. They're doing some great things, and it looks like 2022 is not going to be any different. We're going to take our final break, and when we come back, uh, hopefully we will have Dr. James Eason. I don't see him on my queue yet, but hopefully he'll be there. He is the director of uh, the Transplant Institute at Methodist University Hospital that bears his name. Uh, this is Real Talk Memphis. 
What's up, Drill? I see you there. Clifford, thank you for checking in. I see Myron Lowry, the honorable one, Myron Lowry, checking in as well. Uh, I am Chip, your humble host. Very happy to be back. Uh, this is, as I said, Real Talk. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Hi there, Juan D here on Gospel Talk back in the day, playing great gospel music and talking to artists from the past. Tune me in every Saturday from 12 o'clock noon until 2 o'clock p.m. on 91.7 FM Memphis. Memphis. My name is Ron Buck. I am looking forward to bringing you my show, Riverside, every Friday from 1 to 2 p.m. I will be playing rock and blues, old and new, and featuring Memphis music and events. I hope you'll tune in to Riverside every Friday at 1 p.m. on WYXR 91.7 FM, Raised by Sound. Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis, back live and on the air on this Monday. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. And uh, as we alluded to uh, at the beginning of this broadcast, um, my wife and I underwent uh, dual surgeries uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, I donated a kidney through the kidney pairing program, which my next guest is going to talk about in just a minute. Uh, in, in uh, to someone out there who needed one, in 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 um, you know, it's sort of as a kind of a secular secular thing, um, someone in their parent group uh, donated a kidney so that my wife could get a new kidney which she needed uh, because she was pretty sick, and I'm really happy to report that she's doing well and I'm doing well. We're all doing well. Everything is good. Uh, I want, I'm very pleased to welcome my next guest, the Dr. James uh, D. Easton. He is the director. Uh, of the uh, Transplant Institute that bears his name at Methodist University Hospital. And Dr. Eason, I am really thrilled to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Chip. And I'm very glad to hear that you and your wife are both doing well after your operations. Absolutely that. And, you know, we, you know, we, we, we talked about this, and I know you don't remember because you see a lot of people, but this our journey started really in the early part of 2019, uh, you know, obviously she was uh, diagnosed with a very rare type of uh, kidney disease uh, that a lot of people don't 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 live to talk about. And uh, so we you know, came in to talk about uh, kidney donation. And of course, I wanted to be a direct uh, donor and I wasn't a match. And a lot of uh, our people in our circle, none of us were as a match. Uh, and, uh, you know, I decided to to not accept that as an answer and basically wanted to find out what, if any, option was available beside direct donation. And uh, you told us about the, uh, the kidney pairing uh, donation process. And if you wouldn't mind laying that out for our, our listeners, um, just what that is. Sure, Chip. Thank you for your perseverance in uh, wanting to be a donor. Uh, we need many more like you. There are numerous ways you can be a live donor. The process that you just spoke about is co was called a paired exchange 
And one um, protocol that we uh, use at the uh, James Easton Transplant Institute at Methodist University Hospital is the National Kidney Registry. Mm -hmm. The United Network for Organ Sharing, which is a, a government contractor, also has a paired exchange program, as well as there are several other paired exchange programs in the country. Right. But the, basically the way the process works is someone like you who wants to donate to a loved one, or it could even be an, uh, a donor that doesn't even know the person. Uh, they just know they want to donate. Um, they put their, they donate a kidney, which prior to donation goes into a computer pool, so to speak. And the, the computer matches that kidney to someone else at another center's somewhere else in the country. Mm -hmm. And um, so that way, and, and we call that process a chain. Uh, so you donated to someone, um, that person could actually be donating to someone else in the country and so on down the line. And there have been chains, I believe as high as in, in 40 something uh, uh, donor and recipient pairs that wow. are uh, being transplanted within a 24 to 48 hour period. Wow. Wow, that's that's it's an incredible program, but but there is a lot that goes into this. I mean, this is there's a lot of uh, testing. There are a lot of, uh, of 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 things that have to all kind of uh, all the stars have to align. I remember when I came in, uh, you know, I was I was overweight and my blood pressure was a little on the erratic side. Uh, and I and I remember when you 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 visited with us the first time, and you know when you walked out of the room, last thing you said to me was lose some weight <laughs> and so and so i ended up losing 30 pounds and uh you know eating better and i closed my my hostess sweet shop in my bedroom and i you know the my wife started making smoothies and with protein and a lot of other things and anyway i got down to where i needed to get to and right before we were about ready to embark on all of this covid hit and when covid hit everything stopped so it basically took another year to be able to do this, but there really are many checks and balances to all of this, are there not? That's right. Well, thankfully, you you did what it took to become a donor, and not only did you save your wife's life, but you're a much healthier person now as well. So the first thing above all, we want to make sure that we don't make a healthy person sick. Mm -hmm. So our whole uh, evaluation of a possible live donor is designed to protect that donor, to try to do everything we can to identify any medical problems that they may have that we need to address to make it safe for them to be a donor, and including doing the uh, CT scan, which you had yeah. to uh, make sure that the anatomy of the kidney is is okay to be used, yeah. and, and more importantly, not only that that kidney can be used, but that it, your remaining kidney is going to be uh, have enough function to keep you alive for uh, a long time. Yeah. And, and, you know, we are, have about a thousand patients on our, uh, kidney list and about another hundred patients on our liver list at any given time. And we're also doing live donor liver transplants as well. Where we're taking a piece of someone's liver and giving that to, uh, some, another person and with the liver, it actually grows back in the person that donates and it grows in the person who receives it. So live donation, therefore, you know, if, if performed properly, as you say, with the checks and balances, we keep a healthy person healthy and we make a sick person well. Well, you know, I mean, it's just a, it's a fascinating process. And we're speaking with Dr. James Eason. He is the director of the James E. Eason Transplant Institute at Methodist University Hospital, and uh, you know you, when you when you mention that, um, it, it really it's 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 what's interesting is Dr. Eason. Many people don't really know that this program exists. This pairing program exists. Do you find that to be the case? Well, I I think that just uh, puts the uh, uh, impetus on us to to make it more well known. And thank you for this opportunity to make it more well known. That's yeah, sure. Every year, in fact, this year have been the most transplants ever performed in the United States. As of last week, uh, the United States had performed a total of over 40,000 transplants oh, wow. this calendar year, oh, wow. and the year's not over yet. Right. And yet only about 10% of those are coming from live donors, mm. uh, mostly in the kidney range, 
and also um, in the liver range. Occasionally, uh, you can do a live donor lung transplant or a part of a pancreas as well. But you know, anybody that wants to be a donor, the first thing they need to do is just let their loved ones know whether they want to be a live donor or a deceased donor. Mm-hmm. Let your loved ones know so that if you die, uh, they know that you wanted to be a donor. And if you're alive, all you have to do is pick up the phone and give us a call. And uh, we will see if you're healthy enough to be a donor and if there are any health issues that we need to address to make it safe for the donor. And uh, if they don't have a specific person they want to donate to, we help find someone that is a compatible recipient or go through the paired exchange program as you did. Well, I got to tell you, uh, you all at Methodist University Hospital, top, top notch. Uh, we received excellent care. Thank you, Dr. Eason, for coming on the show tonight and explaining a little bit about how important this process is. Really appreciate your work and everything that you've done, and we hope that uh, maybe your message uh, uh, has pierced to someone's heart and uh, maybe we can uh, do even more in terms of transplants. Well, thank you so much, Chip, and thank you for helping us spread the good news. God bless you. Thank you so much. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours, and a Happy New Year. Thank you. For, thanks for Merry coming on Christmas. the show. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Well, that was uh, Dr. James Eason. As I said, he is the director, and uh, that transplant uh, institute has his name on it. It's a, it's an amazing program. It really is. Now, I want to, before I get out of here, I, there's so many folks to thank um, in reference to, to us. And, uh, of course, at the top of the list are the folks at Methodist University, the Transplant Institute out there. They, 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 they treated us, uh, you know, amazingly well. Uh, you know, they took care of us out there as well. And it was just, uh, it was quite the experience. It was an extraordinary experience. It was the greatest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I said to myself, my prayer to God was, allow me to do something that's greater than myself. Uh, I just appreciate, we appreciate all the well wishes, uh, all the prayers, all the support, all the love, all the encouragement uh, from so many people. Um, Our church, uh, Fullview Missionary Baptist Church, uh, kept very close tabs on us and reached out to us in extraordinary ways that, that we can't begin to to, to, to thank, um, you know, them enough, uh, Pastor Williams, uh, Audra, who was like, you know, like, like a second mother to us around. <laughs> she came over every other day to make sure that we were doing well. Folks uh, extending themselves and wanting to take us wherever we needed to go, wanting to go shopping for us, wanting to bring us food. And we have more food than we, we'll be able to eat in a couple of lifetimes, I, I, I think it's safe to say. Uh, I just, I, I'm just, I really am very touched by by all of uh, all of you out there. Many of you, uh, we don't know each other personally. You, we know each other through social media and things like that. But, but the outpouring of support. Uh, David Waters did a, an amazing article about all of this uh, in the Daily Memphian. Thank you, David. Uh, channel, we were on Channel Three Live at nine. They talked a little bit about this. Uh, Fox 13 did a story about this. Uh, because it is a rare situation, and, and I got to admit, I, I don't like talking too much about it because I get a little emotional because, uh, you know, my wife was sick, and uh, it, was, it, it was a tough go um, for a while. And I have to admit, being very concerned there for a while, um, just, you know, hoping and praying, she never lost faith. She, 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 she's a praying woman. She never lost faith. She never lost trust in God and believed that everything was going to turn out. Um, when we last uh, saw her nephrologist before all this uh, took place, uh, he basically kind of let us know that she was in a, in a, in a tough spot. And uh, I think one of the last things he said was, if you feel sick, talking about her, go to the emergency room. Well, you know, nobody wants to hear that. Um, you know, I'm not a hero. I'm just uh, a person who did what needed to be done. And, um, and, and, and that's all. And uh, I'm glad that it turned out the way it did. Uh, Wanda is doing better each and every day. I'm doing better as well. I have a scar <laughs> that I can look down to and say, hey, yeah, yeah, I did that. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm thankful to the Lord uh, for allowing uh, all of it to happen and everything uh, to this point uh, um, is, is good. And as Jack plays us out, it's just, uh, just incredible to be back uh, on the show. I missed it terribly, and I missed you all terribly. Thank you all for chiming in tonight. Thank you all for for watching. Uh, Thank you all for supporting this show. 
And keep supporting this show uh, because, uh, you know, we're trying to do good things around here, but we can't do it without you. And if you uh, uh, feel so compelled to look into donation, organ donation uh, to someone, please do that because it's definitely needed. For Jack, for Nicole, for Lola, who's not here, but she's here in spirit, I'm Chip. God bless each and every one of you. We are Real Talk Memphis, and we are out.